We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Feel like Kobe in a fourth quarter. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcasts. Coming at you Friday night after the Wolves lost. I haven't had to say that in a while. The Wolves did lose to the Orlando Magic by eight. Final score, Wolves 110, Magic 118. It uh, it didn't look like it on paper, but this was this was going to be a harder game than the kind of previous six games of the Wolves winning streak. Certainly harder than the last four against Portland and Oklahoma City, those teams were aggressively tanking. Uh, the Orlando Magic maybe should be tanking. They they did have the worst record in the NBA coming into tonight's game, which is, no matter how you slice it, it's, it's awful to lose to that team, no matter what. But this Magic team uh, isn't tanking. They've now won 10 of their last 21 games. And since the All-Star break, Orlando actually has the best defense in the NBA, terrible offensive team. But they've been containing people well. And I think we really saw that in the second half tonight in the the Wolves game. I mean, the Wolves played into it. Orlando was switching everything. They played a shell defense, and the Wolves they weren't really doing anything to puncture that. They they almost exclusively played in isolation, and then when they weren't playing in isolation, they were they were taking tough threes and they were missing them. Particularly in the second half, the Wolves missed their final seventeen three point attempts of the night. Goes back to the third quarter. Five minutes left in the third quarter. Cat misses a three. And that was the first of 17 straight misses. 17 missed threes in 17 minutes. I mean, yikes. <laughs> it's, that's, that, that's hard to overcome. But uh, according to Chris Finch, it, it started before that. The game kind of unwinding. Here's Finch after the game on where this one went wrong. No, it started in the second quarter. We got 18-point lead. We come out of a timeout. Two players are talking to me, not aware. They're worried about what just happened. They throw it long, get a cheap two. And then we came down, we turned it over, and then fouled him in an and one. That's a five-point swing. I think they hit a three after that, made it an eight-point run. You know, that's kind of where the game turned against us. But really, the game turned against us because our our um, you know, as we let our guard down. We were making a lot of shots early, but I didn't really like the rhythm of our offense. So when the shots dried up, we didn't have a lot to go to. So. Shot selection. Point. Yeah. I mean, we settled. We were looking for home run shots out there. We, you know, we needed to move it and drive them, and we just didn't. Um, you know, I don't know. Guys thought they had good looks, but uh, you know, they were they were kind of they were like what I would call home runs. You know, just 
looking for the big seven point shot that's not out there. So the phrasing looking for home run plays is something Finch would say a lot at the beginning of the year. You know, back when the offense was really struggling to find traction, when they weren't a ball movement team, and the star players on the roster just kind of tried to get it all back at times by swinging for the fence. Just sort of too much aspiration, not enough discipline. And and tonight, I think we, we saw some of that lack of discipline in the shot selection, but we also saw the lack of discipline in fouling. I mean, the, the foul trouble really started to bite them in the second quarter, and that's when the lead started to go away for the Wolves. Cat did pick up three fouls in the first quarter, and then Finch went back to him midway through the second quarter, and Cat picked up his fourth. Pretty bad foul, unnecessary little chicken wing to Wendell Carter Jr.'s chest when he was driving. I mean, Kent did still play 15 minutes in the first half. You know, Finch's credit, he was aggressive with kind of toying with that foul line. But where I think he really started to feel the burden of the foul trouble was when Cat comes out to then start the second half with four fouls. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you are when you have four fouls and are just two fouls away from fouling out with 24 minutes left in the game. You're going to naturally play a little bit more tentative, right? Like driving to the basket on offense becomes a greater risk and defending the rim as a rim protector is tricky too. When you got four fouls, you know, you don't want to play defense weaker, but you, you kind of have to for the greater good or in your head, you tell yourself that just to be able to stay on the floor. That's what Finch said happened tonight. And what was missing? Here's Finch with Carl. It's been a while since it's been a foul trouble game for him. What, what challenge did, did that present tonight? Um, I think it, you know, where it hurt us is third quarter defense really was not able to, you know, be physical when we needed them to be physical. So um, I think that was the thing that bothered us. The third is where Orlando got rolling tonight. They had 37 points in that quarter. They shot 55% from three, the third and 80, 80% from two. The Wolves couldn't keep pace with that offensively again, because Orlando is a solid defensive team. You know, they were concerned about defending without fouling. Orlando took advantage of that, and the Wolves couldn't take advantage of Orlando on the other side of the ball. And I was kind of thinking about it over the course of the game. Cats in foul trouble. You know, Nas isn't playing well at all. I mean, it got me thinking about the playoffs. And odds are, I think, in a seven-game playoff series, that Cat is going to have this type of foul trouble in at least one of those games. I mean, he's second in the league this season in fouls per game. So, you know, what is the plan in a playoff game, in a playoff series, if Cat gets in foul trouble? I mean, I I think all of you who listen to this know, like, Nas is my guy, uh, but he was was not good tonight. And in terms of a playoff series, he is a very open question of what he is going to be able to give you. Nas is a volatile player. Big swings up, big swings down. And in the playoffs, we know, like, the playoffs punish volatility. The Wolves can't afford to have a playoff series kind of like the Sixers did a few years ago. Remember that where like the numbers were crazy good when Embiid was on the floor and then they're outscored by 50 points in the minutes that Embiid has to sit or, you know, look at the Nuggets this year before they got to Marcus Cousins. They were terrible in the minutes Jokic was off the floor until Boogie got there. It hasn't been anything like that statistically with the Wolves this season with Nas on the floor. I mean, the bench has been good for the Wolves this season, and Nas is a big part of that. But still, I, I think it's fair to say there's concerns about him in a playoff series, not just as a backup for Cat, 
in foul trouble situations, but just in his individual physicality, rebounding has been a weakness for Nas this season. And along those lines, let's think about like one thing that has kind of surprised me this year is that we have seen very, very little of Vanderbilt at center. I, I thought we might have seen more of that just kind of as a test this year, just to see if it could be an option if foul trouble situations occur or just against a team that isn't very big. But really, we've only seen Vando play center this year when both Cat and Nas are in foul trouble. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was the Golden State game that happened where Cat and Nas both picked up you know, three in the first half and then Vando went in there to, to play center by himself. But for the season, cleaning the glasses, Vanderbilt has only played 3% of his minutes at center this year. And you know, I, I think maybe a playoff series against the Warriors, you could you could get away with Vando at center some. You know, Golden State would play a lot of minutes with Draymond at the five, right? Jonathan Kaminga's played some five for them. You, you might even be able to get away with Vando at the five if Kevon Looney's out there. Just put a body on him. But being as we haven't seen that experimented with hardly at all during the season, I, I wouldn't, I don't know, I, 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 it's hard to bank on it going in as an option in the playoffs. Also, related to Vanderbilt, I mean, man, he's he's hurt. Uh, you can see that tonight. After the Oklahoma City game, Finch was, was talking about how Vando just has been having trouble loosening up his quad. And I thought tonight was the first time you could really visibly see him playing with a limp. I mean, back to even before the trade down deadline, it was looking like Vanderbilt was kind of understandably, but running low on fuel. I, I think we are still seeing some of that happening, but we also now have some lingering injuries that are really lingering with him. If you missed the game tonight, again, Vanda was visibly limping pretty much the entire time. And when he's like that, he's limited. It's just so hard for him to do the things he normally does well to impact the game. Tonight, only two points, six rebounds. He is just physically limited right now. The injury has been labeled as a quad contusion, which I guess glass half full suggests it's an injury that would improve with time and probably would improve even quicker with more rest. And they Vando sat out the Oklahoma City game, so that was a full-on rest game, but they have been they've been just trying to like cull his minutes overall. He's been playing fewer minutes this past month, but it certainly it just certainly feels like he could use a little bit of time to re- recharge. And I don't know, I mean Playing Miami tomorrow, it, he's Vanderbilt is just such a big part of this team's physicality, and as a team, like that's that's what they've kind of been lacking here lately is is, is being able to fight, have that physicality. You're going to need that for sure in Miami tomorrow night. All right, let's mix in a quick break here, and then we'll hit on a few other notes from this one and look a little bit into that Miami game on Saturday night. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, we are back discussing the Wolves' eight-point loss in Orlando on Friday night. I think one bright sort of nugget in the loss was Anthony Edwards looking the most like himself that he has in nearly a month. Edwards led the Wolves in scoring tonight with 25. He was 4 of 11 from deep, 5 of 8 from 2. I mean, that's a that's a pretty ant-like stat line. It, it was kind of like a odd balance there, though, where it, it definitely felt like Ant was settling a little bit with his jumper tonight. But at the same time, when he did attack the basket, he looked explosive. I mean, after the game, Ant said, quote, that he felt wonderful physically, Got frustrated by the loss, but no ill effects with the knee. So another good sign there. If this is behind him, I think the next step with Ant and the team as a whole is just kind of reintegration, right? He's just a very important, but very high usage piece that you kind of have to account for if you're his teammate on the floor with him there. It, it changes the complexion of the game when Edwards is on the floor. Obviously, that's something they all came together and found earlier in the season. They figured it out. They just got to they gotta get back to that, right? It'll be, I mean, it's going to be a near requirement for a win against any of these more competitive teams they're playing coming up to have Ant back playing like that, but also fitting on the within the roster. I would also like to see Ant get back to some more consistent shooting mechanics. Uh, His shot's kind of been a little all over the place mechanically these last two games since he returned. I I thought a a huge development with Edwards earlier in the year, December and January, was his shot just was clean. It It was on point, same mechanics over and over. We saw it in the numbers show up too from December 1st. To January 16th, Ant made 58 of the 139 threes he took. That's 42% shooting from deep. On And we know he's not always getting clean looks. Those are step backs and all that. So I, I think I think he can be that player or, or close to it. I'm the middle of January, that's where I cut the date off there because that's when his knee started bugging him. So the hope is that with the knee coming back around that the shot will too. But I do really think it's a mechanical thing for him. I think it's just probably as much about getting back in the gym, taking a bunch of shots as it is anything for Edwards. And related to the three-point shooting, uh, I've been mentioning this, but I think it's officially time to raise the, like, what is going on flag with Cat's three-point shooting. Again, for the past few months, Cat has been, he's been awesome offensively. He's been, he's been getting to the bucket dominant, but the three-point shooting has dried up, gone away. I mean, most concerning to me is the, is the volume. The volume's just plummeted. I, I was looking it up after the game, and Cat has only taken eight threes in a game once since Thanksgiving. And I did the number eight because in the 2019-20 season, Cat averaged eight threes per game. I, I, know, I know the driving is up, and that's taking up like more of his offensive pie, but I think we've just gotten 
too far away from the three with Cat. If he's going to drive that much, fine. It's good. But then the overall usage has to go up. Drive as much as you can, but also carve out some additional intention for shooting the three with play sets or just intention. Just fire them. Other ways to get going from deep. I, I think tonight was just a good example of where choosing to be more of a shooter in the second half would have made sense simply on the line of logic that driving to the basket risked picking up a fifth or sixth foul. Like what if, what if in the third quarter cat would have just said like, all right, I'm just going into my three point bag because I'm not going to get called for fouls to shooting threes. No leg kick out, but I mean, wouldn't have that been cool. Okay. You're, you're going to call me for all these fouls. I don't need to drive to the basket to get mine. Like, I would have liked to see that. I, I give Cat a ton of credit for constantly evolving his offensive game over the course of his career and over the course of this season. But I do find the evolution away from the three to be something that gives me some concern. One elder evolution we've seen these past two games, if you've been paying attention, is Cat has changed his free throw mechanics. He shot 2,500 free throws in his career in the first six and a half seasons and now he's shooting free throws differently so i asked cat about that after the game carl kind of random question for you you, you eight for eight from the free throw line tonight have, have you changed up your free throw mechanics a little bit yeah i changed i got two free throws free throw routines i have and, um, uh, after that 10 for 15 game i was very disappointed in myself because i'm not a I'm a person that's very reliable at the free throw line and i i, I that's just unacceptable and the way the ball and the rhythm was just feeling for me shooting that way. Um, it just wasn't it. So I always have another free throw routine in my back pocket. Um, if, uh, if I think you you watch a lot of basketball, you know, I, I took my free throw routine. I, I, I've been doing it since, uh, I always had it in my back pocket since I was an eighth grader. I took it from Kobe. So that's, it's Kobe's free throw routine. That's kind of cool. <laughs> Can you tell that I'm scraping at the bottom of the barrel of things to talk about after this game? Uh, Carl is shooting 81% from the line this season, uh, which is a little bit down. He was an 84% free throw shooter for his career prior to this year. I mean, that doesn't sound like a huge deal, but when you factor in that this is Cat's highest volume free throw shooting season of his career, it makes a difference. I mean, that's, that's three points for every 100 free throws, right? And he's shooting a lot of free throws shooting 100 free throws every like 11 or 12 games. I did also ask Cat post game about this Miami matchup tomorrow. Usually don't do that, like talk about the the game that just happened, but I thought it was fair after you know Ant kind of spilled the beans publicly last game that the matchup right against Miami had been circling the schedule. Of course it had, uh, but even Finch after the game tonight said tomorrow's game in Miami is going to be quote more like what the playoffs are like. So, I asked Kat, you'll hear, uh, he kind of demurs, but he also provides some commentary about how, despite winning of late as a team, that the Wolves just have not been able to make up ground in the standings because of how well Denver and also Dallas have been playing. Here's Kat. Ant was talking about, uh, you know, coming back and how he really wanted to get back for the Miami game and how that was important. Finch was just talking about how that's going to be you know, a playoff type game i mean what, what's just where are you just at in your head going into that game tomorrow another game i mean i, I don't i don't see put put more emphasis on any other game 
uh, playing Orlando Magic is just as important as playing the Miami Heat or playing Orlando Magic is just as important as playing uh, um, San Antonio after Miami. They're, Orlando Magic is just as important as playing the Lakers when we're back home. Every game is a must win for us, uh, you know, especially for what we're fighting for and who we're having to fight against, you know. Um, we had that great winning streak in Denver and um, I don't know what the other team is, excuse me, but Denver and the team in front of Denver, you know, they're not helping us <laughs> get in the, in the sixth or fifth seed. So we got to fight. Dallas, Dallas yeah. sorry. So we, we, we got to fight. Every game's a must win. This is a, it's a big game to drop, especially not because they're Orlando Magic. They're, they're, they're a hell of an NBA team. They're well coached, but um, to have a 18 point lead with the way we've been playing, it should have been something that we should have take, took control of the game, put it away and, and and be talk, having different conversations after the game. But, you know, like I told them, if we're going to play that way, we don't deserve to win. We deserve to be in, in, a, in a barn burner. And uh, we just named, come out of the fire. So a couple things from that. I think those of us who watched uh, Brooklyn and Philly play the other night know that all regular season NBA games are are not created equal. There will There will be extra juice for that game in Miami tomorrow. Like, yes, it's a back-to-back. Miami is on a back-to-back, too. They beat Cleveland in Miami tonight. It, it, it's a big game. Um, and Carl's right. If the goal is the five or six seed, every game is a must-win or requires at least that sort of must-win mentality. Certainly a different mentality than the Wolves had tonight. Uh, Denver and Dallas are not helping them in the standings. If the Wolves are going to make a run, they're going to need to bring the heat and beat the heat. You know, As annoying as it is that this Wolves team can play down to their competition at times, they do they do have a track record of turning it up for big games too. I do think you'll see that tomorrow. Now, that doesn't guarantee a win. They turned it up for Philly a few weeks ago and got smoked. But they've also effectively turned it up for a few other times this year. You know, Denver a couple times, Memphis a couple times. They played Golden State and Phoenix tough. And they played Miami tough last time they played and beat them, you know. I, I'm I'm just I'm very interested to see what that one ends up looking like tomorrow night. All right, let's close up tonight out with prize picks. I went two and two on my four picks tonight. I was feeling a big Pat Bev game. He was coming off rest game. I felt like he wouldn't let the Wolves take Orlando lightly. And for four minutes and five seconds, he did just that. Pat Bev made three threes in those four minutes, grabbed a steal, but he got his ear whacked sort of and out of foul and missed the rest of the game with what they labeled as an ear contusion. I took the over on one and a half made threes for Beverly in this one and over 10 and a half points scored. He did get those three threes. So I got that one right, but because he didn't return to the game, Beverly only finished with, with nine points. So missed that one. I also took the under on one and a half made threes for cat. Like I was saying, the volume's just way down lately. I do think and hope it eventually ticks back up, but for now it's just not there. Cat uh, just made one three tonight, so we got that one correct. And then the other pick I made was taking the under on 25 and a half points plus rebounds plus assists for Cole Anthony. Anthony did finish with 15 points, six boards, and six assists. So I missed that one narrowly. Uh, overall, that two and two tonight brings me to 142, 121, and 10 on my prize picks this season. If you're not already signed up for prize picks, I mean, what better time than the Miami game tomorrow, right? You know, pick the under on Jimmy Butler, take the over on it, go, go wild. If you do create a prize picks account, sign up using the promo code Dane, just my first name and prize picks will throw you a $100 sign up bonus. Prizepicks.com 
or the Prize Picks app. The Wolves do drop back in the standings with that loss tonight. They are now two and a half games behind Denver for the sixth seed. And because Dallas beat Houston tonight, the Wolves are three and a half games behind the Mavs for the five. The Clippers did lose, though, in Atlanta. So still plenty of cushion above the eighth seed, three and a half games above the Clippers. This is the landscape. Three and a half behind Dallas, two and a half behind Denver. And the soft part of the schedule is now officially over. And, you know, the Wolves took... Took care of business over this stretch. Even with the loss tonight, uh, they went seven and two. So they have gone seven and two since the All Star break. They had the six game winning streak. Now, next up is Miami on Saturday night, and I will talk to you after that one. Until then, I'm Dane. Peace out. How I'm feeling, man. I hope it never stops. Yeah, green and hot, so you can find me in the crowd. Yeah, yeah. Don't let standards ever ever bring you down. Yeah, hope you're dancing like nobody else around. Yeah.